0: Let us join now together in the hearing of the word of the Lord. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, verses 35
1: through 45. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now hear the word of the Lord. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it's not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be the first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: So we're continuing our series on the Upside Down Kingdom, and today we're talking about greatness. Greatness is such an interesting concept, uh, especially in the life of the church, because we sometimes feel like we deserve greatness. For instance, I hear so often I mean so often how sad it is that people just don't come to church anymore especially young people whenever people find out that I'm a pastor they're often just amazed because they're like wait I didn't know that young people still did anything with the church so many people in the church are often just disappointed Because other people don't turn to the church like they used to. Oh, yes, there were those grand old days when the church was the central hub of every community, when every person belonged to the church, when the church was the place that people turned to. But now, things aren't that way. And. Members of the church like to reminisce on those times and say, if only people would turn to the church, then things would be better, our world would be better, everything would be better, because the church is the answer. But I have to wonder, I have to wonder, at what point did the church become so entitled to think that people should be turning to it? When did the church begin thinking itself so great that it should be the thing that people come to. Because there was definitely that movement at some point in history, really at many points in history, in which the church said, people should come to us. People should be here. And it's disappointing when people are not here. But let's think for a moment about what it means to be the church. That's what this conversation about the upside-down kingdom is all about. What does it mean to be the church? The church should never be expecting people to come to it. The church should never be expecting people to turn to it during their time of need. Rather, the church should be turning to the people. The church should be going to where the people are, not expecting people to come to it. And we, as members of the church, should be leading that charge. We should be the ones who, whenever we see that, you know, maybe our pews aren't as full as they once were. Right now, they're not very full at all because, you know, nobody's here. But whenever we see that not as many people are tuning into our video on Sunday mornings as much as they once were, we shouldn't be saying how disappointing it is. We should be seeing an opportunity. When we ask the question, what does it mean to be the church? We must remember that the church was formed to serve, not to be served. And this is an incredibly important lesson that we as the church need to be learning right now. Because now more than ever, it's important for us to understand what it means to be the church. Because everything we once knew the church to be, it's not happening that way anymore. We don't go to church like we once did. We don't enjoy lunches together like we once did. We don't come to Sunday school like we once did. Everything that we once thought the church should be Well, it's not there anymore. And so instead, we have the opportunity to ask once again, what does it mean to be the church in view of the upside down kingdom? We must ask, what does it mean to be the church and recognize that our role is not to be waiting for people to come to us, but for us to be going to the people we as the church should not be so entitled to greatness. And that's the lesson of our scripture lesson today. This lesson of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. These two members of uh, Jesus's inner circle, so there there were the 12 disciples, but then Jesus even had a closer inner circle, which included Peter, And James and John. These two members come to Jesus after everything, after everything they've been through with Jesus, and they ask him, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. That's a pretty bold statement to ask God in the first place, but we often make that statement every time we pray anyway, so you know, why not, James and John? And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. Huh. Bold claim. Should be simple enough for Jesus to take care of, but still a bold claim. Let us be the closest people to you. Why did they ask this question of Jesus? Well, I believe it's because they felt entitled to greatness. By being members of Jesus' inner circle, members of uh, the disciples, being privy to seeing so much of what Jesus had done, miracles and teachings, even getting to witness the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountaintop, they believe, well, surely we, we could be the ones to sit next to Jesus at his right and his left hand. We could be the closest to Christ in glory. We see here one of the staple desires of the human heart, greatness, to be recognized, to be known. And certainly, some people feel entitled to this greatness, other people strive their entire lives for this greatness. And well, we see that it never really pans out for people quite the way they want, but we still want it. We still want to be great. We still want to be respected and respectable. We still want to be that which people look to and say, hmm, if I could just get there, then I, I would have made it. And so James and John ask this of Jesus because they want to be recognized. Even in glory, they don't want people to forget their names. They want to be right there with Jesus And Jesus, hearing what they're saying, says, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? We know this this passage here to be an allusion to later on when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane Jesus asked God, please take this cup from me, but if you will it, then I will drink of it. The cup being uh, his soon crucifixion and death and the moment in which God will have to look away. Jesus says, you do not know what you ask because if you knew, if you knew what you were asking, then you would know you have to go through the most unimaginable suffering. Why? Because greatness in the kingdom of God is only achieved through humility and service. This is God's upside-down kingdom. It's only through humility and service. After this conversation that Jesus has with James and John, they come back to the other disciples and they heard about what James and John had asked and so they hear them arguing about who among them is the greatest who among the disciples which of the 12 is actually the greatest and Jesus i can imagine just being like a really disappointed Jesus says you know that among the gentiles those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to be greatest among you must be the servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus starts out by pointing out that those people who have achieved greatness... Once they receive that greatness, they they typically go to lord it over people, to treat people as they are less than. There's an interesting uh, psychological experiment that went on a couple of decades ago called the the Stanford Prison Experiment. And in this experiment, the psychologist involved wanted to see what would happen if college students began to play different roles. And so a handful of college students were assigned to be prisoners. That was their role that they were going to play. And other college students were assigned to be prison guards. And they were put in this makeshift little prison area and just told to live out what they expect day-to-day life would look like in prison. The experiment had to be called off barely any time into it, after just, I think it was a day and a half or something like that, they had to call off the experiment because those students who were role-playing as prison guards became so aggressive and assertive and were treating the prisoners so poorly that it was beginning to have a traumatic effect on the psychological health of the students involved. What the psychologist realized is that whenever people are handed greatness or power, they typically do the worst with it in order to make themselves feel more superior than those around them. But Jesus says, it is not so among you. In other words, what he's saying is, you, as the disciples, are meant to be leaders. You are meant to show other people the way into this good and holy lifestyle but you are meant to do it in a very different way than anybody else has ever taught a lifestyle before. He says, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. Consider that. Whoever wishes to be great among you must become your servant. Why Because this lifestyle that Jesus is teaching, this upside-down kingdom of God that is trying to break into our world is contrary to everything that we understand in our lives. Right now, we understand that those rulers in our world or those who have achieved greatness like stardom, other forms of fame, famous musicians, actors, actresses, you know, whatever people achieve greatness for... We have this understanding that those people will have money, they will have resources, they will be able to attend events that we aren't able to attend, they will be able to have things that we will never have, they will have an entirely different perspective on life that we will never have. Why? Because they are the greatest. They should be above us. We have this perspective that those people who are greatest in our society should be in as many ways as possible above us. But Jesus says that's not the way it should be in the kingdom of God. The greatest are the servants. Why? Because God's kingdom is built around humility, God's kingdom is built around service. God's kingdom recognizes that the only true great one is God. And the rest of us are members of God's family, equally members of God's family. Verse 45, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Remember, Jesus is saying here, and remember that Jesus is God incarnate, that God in Jesus came to serve human beings. If the one we understand to be the greatest, the epitome of humanity, came to serve, then why on earth would we have the audacity to believe that we are to be served. If God came to serve, then shouldn't we also follow suit and be servants to others? Why would we feel entitled to any amount of greatness? Why would we feel like we deserve to be treated better in any way? And so whenever I think about what it means to be the church during this time, I think that it is high time that we relinquish this grasp that we have on our entitlement to greatness. That we stop saying how disappointed we are that people aren't coming to church anymore. Why? Because if people aren't coming to church anymore, it's not their fault, it's ours. We are the servants. I think it's time that we stop being discouraged because young people aren't turning to the church during this time anymore, because one, they actually are, more so than many other generations, in fact, but two, because we should be the ones who assume the responsibility. As God's people, as disciples of Christ, we are called to service, to humility, to give our lives for others, just as Christ did. So it's time we hang up this entitlement to greatness and take on a new identity as the church an identity of service, an identity of humility, an identity as those who give rather than take. And so, my challenge for us this week is just that. Ask God where you can serve this week. If we are called into servanthood, then we need to be looking for opportunities to serve. And you might be thinking, during this time, during this pandemic, where on earth can we serve? That's exactly the question we need to be asking, but not in a hopeless sort of way as if there is nowhere to serve, but rather in a seeking sort of way that recognizes that there are opportunities to serve all around us. In a time of economic turmoil, we have people who need our help. In a time of incredible stress for our educators and parents and students, we have people we can serve. In a time in which absolute chaos is all around us, it seems, we have opportunities to be the church. And the church is first and foremost a community of servants. That's what the church has always been and what it's always meant to be, a community of servants for our greatness does not come through any entitlement as the church. We should not be thinking that people should be coming to us. Rather, we should be the ones going to the people. So ask God where you can serve this week. Ask God where you can be of most help to our community this week. And ask God what our church should be doing for our community this week. For we are the servants, not the great ones among our community. So let us be the church during this time. Let us be a community of servants. Let us understand that in God's upside-down kingdom, greatness comes only through acts of kindness, through humility, through giving of ourselves. And let us pray.